the Royal Rumble 2023. Everybody has an origin story, and two people got theirs tonight in San Antonio, Texas. Every journey begins at the Royal Rumble, the road to WrestleMania. 30 women, 30 men, one amazing event, and it all took place tonight. The road to glory began. Without further ado, let's get in. Welcome everybody, this is the Royal Rumble 2023 here on Tap Out Talk, the results and thoughts. I am your host, Brian, the Hype Ballard, going to get in to a lot that happened tonight. I want to start off and say, if you guys felt a different kind of emotion by the end of this event tonight, I want to say that you have been the victim of good storytelling at its finest courtesy of the WWE this is some of the best storytelling that I've heard in a long time in a Wrestlemania build up season and it all started and ended with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns in the main event we're going to get into that however we're going to go through the rest of the card as well I want to ask you guys this too did the WWE get it right or get it wrong by having the Wrestlemania main event typically as the Wrestlemania men's match in the very beginning of the show kicking things off I honestly was a little worried at first I'm going to tell you guys why and then we're going to look at kind of how we did on the predictions from Friday night and we're going to kind of see who got it right who got it wrong but mostly we're just going to kind of go over and talk about what we experienced in this episode in this show so without further ado let's get in Alright guys, so we got the men's Rumble match. 30 men, and this is typically the main event for most Royal Rumble shows. And I was surprised to see the WWE start off the show with this, which did tell me that there was something big in store for the main event. It also told me that Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens would be the main event of this evening. And my actual prediction was that we would see The Rock show up at the end of this event and we did not get that tonight are you guys disappointed though are you happy with what you got or would you have rather seen the people's champ i really want to know because i know there's going to be some people that did you feel let down or did you honestly feel fulfilled with what the wwe gave you i for one enjoyed what i seen and i actually didn't mind this royal rumble match starting off the card um, i was a little worried at first and it got me so excited for this whole show and I realized when the first match was over, I said, guys, this is only the first match. So, without further ado, let's go into the action a little bit. As you guys know how Royal Rumble works, 30 men, every 90 seconds, a new man comes out. I will say that format, I always like the two-minute format, especially with tonight. This ramp going to the ring was very long walk. And by the time some guys got to the ring, I felt like the next guy was being buzzed in already. So if the WWE may want to consider going back to the two minutes in between each entrance format, it probably will not change too much as long as you keep the eliminations moving along. So we start out the number one entrant and was one of my marathon men of the night was none other than Gunther. And Gunther comes out with Imperium in the beginning. He comes out. And number two is his rival from 2022, 
is the great White Sheamus. Sheamus comes out with his crew, and then we get both guys ready to renew their rivalry. And this was a great way to start off the show because we know at their pay-per-view overseas back in 2022 that we really got a great bout between these guys. And, you know, so why not give the fans a little bit of something we know we loved and enjoyed? So we start out squaring up. They're jaw gesturing, right, and they start trading forearms back and forth. Sheamus backs them into the corner. There's a whip reverse, a shoulder block connects, a kick to the leg, off the ropes, a shoulder block, and a Celtic warrior. His forearms get chops uh, basically from Gunther. Gunther saves himself from elimination but eats an Irish curse. Again, Sheamus tries and fails to eliminate him, and then the countdown timer 90 seconds later ticks, and it is none other than the awesome competitor it's the miz my uh, buddy my tag team partner the miz and the miz fakes out his entrance when sheamus basically goes right for him gunther tries to take advantage and dumps him the a-lister goes for it but the celtic warrior blocks knocking the miz away before he enters back in and then the two guys take turns wailing on the miz trying to basically dump Sheamus then together and then the countdown timer ticks again 90 seconds goes by very quick in this one so next is Kofi Kingston where are we? all right Kofi Mania is in the house and we get the new day um Kingston off the top with a high cross body uh enters the match there's a drop kick off the ropes leaping brain chops and he takes the Miz off his feet there's a side Russian leg sweep on Gunther off the ropes Boom drop on both men. Sheamus recovers and block a trust fall. Kofi refuses elimination and hides in the corner briefly. Gunther with a boot to the Miz. Back into trading strikes with Sheamus and Kingston. Tries to eliminate the Miz and the countdown timer hits us once again. And guess who's already at number five coming in? None other than Johnny Wrestling from Cleveland, Ohio. Johnny Gargano. Gargano hits a flurry of strikes. The Miz tries but does not eliminate him. He gets clocked by... Um, Agamben Guri in one final beat and he's dumping the A-lister over the top rope and going for the beats of Baudrin and, but Sheamus comes over to show Johnny Wrestling how it's done about 30 beats later Johnny with a super kick and Sheamus blasts him The Miz I cannot believe was eliminated he was in he was out so quick and so fast um, I thought he deserved a little bit more right but um, hopefully there's something in store for The Miz and Mania this year. I'm a little worried at this point. So, Johnny and Sheamus again try to dump Gunther together. And the countdown timer goes off again. And uh-oh, guess who we're getting? We're getting some tag team action with a partner coming out for Kofi Kingston. And that's Xavier Woods at number six. Kofi and Xavier start working together. Um, and they work on Gunther together as a tag team. There's stereo drop kicks on Sheamus, a snap mirror on Gargano, sets up a running knee and sliding elbow with a series of splashes all over the place. Kingston and Woods square up and nobody's left circling. Um, and then it all becomes elaborate, a wheelbarrow uh, spanking taunt from the New Day, kind of being clowns. And I didn't know really what they were kind of doing here, but it was entertaining. Uh, the countdown goes off again. And in comes one of my favorites that I enjoy watching his work is Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross comes out to the ring. Gunther cuts Cross off and they trade blows. I feel like Gunther is fighting with everybody that enters in this ring and like the big brood he is. We get a big boot from the ring general. He follows it with a lariat, but Karrion gets the Doomsday Saito. Uh, six men are now active, pairing off as the countdown timer is yet once again. And now we get Chad Gable in the ring. 
All right, so this is probably one of those uh, guys that come in the ring. They're meant to um, strengthen an enhancement talent for the Rumble, if you will. Chad Gable comes in. He gives Bentley the back suplexes. They try to talk him up. The announced team does a really good job tonight trying to talk up the guys. And any little mistakes that were made, they definitely did a great job trying to cover for them. The announced team was made up of Michael Cole. It was made up of Corey Graves and a returning Pat McAfee, which was given to us right at the beginning of the show. And him and Corey Graves did a great job talking about this. And we hit this on our Friday night podcast, which I'll talk about here in the break. So, uh, there's a after a bunch of belly-to-back suplexes, Sheamus has Gunther on the apron, right for an elimination, but they just can't get it done. And then another timer goes off, and it's none other than Drew McIntyre. McIntyre, Alabama slams Gargano into Gable. Cross comes over and starts slugging it out, but Drew cuts him off with a headbutt and then drop kicks him. Karrion Cross is eliminated so early. He's the second guy in the match now to be eliminated. Um, it's a shame. I felt that Karrion deserved more, but the work he did in there, I guess he served the purpose he was supposed to, and I hope there's something good for him at Mania as well. Drew and Gunther are slugging it out. The countdown timer goes off again, and at number 10, we get Santos Escobar. Escobar comes into the ring. He gets a knee and a blocking whip from Chad, and he's shrugging off some forearms. And then Sheamus goes for the beats of Audrey, but Santos blasts him with an insiguri, following with a punch of the Chad. Johnny sets him up, and Insiguri, Gable joining him, tries to eliminate Escobar. Gable moves on to Sheamus, and then uh, basically they work him over. The countdown timer ticks again. Now, something I like to do here tonight, and I did, is I tweeted out in the original 10, uh, 1 through 10 picks, or entrance into the Rumble, I would say, if the Rumble was to, this was to be the final 10, who would be my 1 through 10 pick, who would be my 11 through 20 pick, and my 20 through 30 pick? So my one through 10 pick that I did say uh, that would be favored here would have been Drew McIntyre. So I think a Drew McIntyre win would have been out of the guys for that one through 10. So next we have Angelo Dawkins at 11, right? So here we go with the tag team stuff again, right? So we get a corkscrew uppercut to Escobar. There's a corkscrew stinger splash uppercut to McIntyre. Gable eats a drill bit. Sheamus fails to eliminate Woods, so Gunther um, is on the first try, but a second pass to get him. And then Xavier Woods is eliminated. All right, so New Day is almost out. Kofi tries to dump Gunther before getting distracted by Santos, and then there's a pop-up stop connects. Gunther blasts Kofi to the floor, but he hits an office chair and rolls uh, through without his feet hitting the floor. Um, it's weird, right, because we never go back to this. Uh, Kofi, I believe, unfortunately again kind of messed up the elimination i don't think this was supposed to be the part for kofi to get eliminated however um it, the announcers tried to sell it and they did a good job trying to cover for kofi right sometimes when you do these spots with kofi they're so tough to pull off and he does pull off amazing things but it was definitely I, i'm gonna use the word botch here he got thrown off and his chair uh, they tried to sell it the fact that his one foot was still on the chair and they didn't know if he was eliminated and then you could tell, back in the grill position, they said, just get him out of there. And then, so they kind of just didn't revisit it, and they just assumed it allowed Kofi to be eliminated. So um, that chair was cursed tonight, too. I want to say that. That chair uh, really screwed over Kofi. But also, in the very beginning, Pat McAfee almost fell out of that chair trying to stand on it. And there was actually a production assistant who had to actually hold the chair for him 
uh, as he was kind of jumping on the chair and acting crazy when he first entered. So that chair was cursed. I think I would throw the chair out, and I think we're going to get a contestant here throwing some furniture around pretty soon. You guys are going to see. Kofi tries um, at that point. You know, Kofi's eliminated. The countdown timer ticks again. Tick-tock, tick-tock. It's not Karrion Cross. It's the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Lesnar takes everyone to Suplex City. McIntyre and Sheamus and Dawkins all in a row. Escobar dives on them, but nope. Brock throws them clean out of the ring like he's a, nothing, a sack of potatoes. Escobar is now eliminated. Follows up with a lariat to Dawkins, and Angelo Dawkins is now eliminated by the Beast Brock Lesnar. He is amazing and tearing it up slamming chad gable and guess what chad gable is eliminated we're gonna call brock lesnar the jander because he's there to clean up all the competitors that are not gonna win this rumble and he's here to take them out so there's a belly back suplex on everybody in the ring basically and then gunther squares up against brock and this is kind of a fun matchup however tick tock five four three two one enters the almighty bobby lashley and these two, you know, are heading for a feud at WrestleMania for a final showdown, possibly in a steel cage. Lesnar cuts, La uh, Lashley cuts Lesnar in half with a spear. There's a spine buster gar to Gargano, a spear to McIntyre. He slips out of the attempted F5 lariat. Brock Lesnar is eliminated. Brock Lesnar eliminated by Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley just flat out clotheslines Brock Lesnar right over the ring as he's gloating and celebrating. And Brock Lesnar is laughing. And then at this point, he gets mad and he gets upset. And he actually, and I said, nope, this is where the furniture gets thrown out. Throw out that chair that's not needed anymore. And he goes over and he throws off the desk. The announcer's table goes to get tore up. There's some monitors being thrown. And then as Brock is just going nuts outside, he's taking stairs and throwing them all over the place, we get number 14, Baron Corbin, entering. An angry Lesnar, however, does not let him get into the match, and he smashes the announcer desk with the steel steps, like I mentioned. He, and then he destroys Corbin as he's getting ready to get in the ring, and he F5s him on the floor. Brock throttles a referee and grabs a referee and throttles him and tosses him over, over the, the barricade and then grabs a chair before briefly disappearing off screen as the countdown timer goes again. Tick, tick, and it's Seth freaking Rollins. Seth Rollins comes out, the crowd is loving it, the crowd is into it, and you guys, can you believe we're halfway through the entrance already? This is a very fast-paced rumble. Corbin is almost to his feet as Rollins enters, and he throws him in. There's a super kick and a lariat, and it makes an elimination easy for Baron Corbin is now going to be eliminated. Seth um, stares Sheamus down as the countdown timer goes off yet again. So all this outside action. And then we get Otis. Otis is entering the ring. And you know what? I just had this realization watching tonight. Otis looks like Eric Cartman off of South Park. Next time you guys watch Otis, put a red jacket on him and a blue hat. And I'm telling you, he is Eric Cartman off of South Park. Just saying. All right. So basically then we get um, Gargano in there. We get the World's Strongest Slam to Drew by Otis. We get um, a Cradle Exploder suplex on Sheamus. And then Do uh, Otis is uh, with a corner body avalanche for Johnny. And then uh, Rollins fails to eliminate McIntyre. Lashley goes after him. And the countdown is going off again. And number 17, Rey Mysterio's music is hits. And Rey is going to come out. However, we don't really get anything there. 
Rey does not come out at this pick and the music hits and then we get no Rey Mysterio so we're wondering what's going on. Lashley meanwhile in the ring is getting super kicked from Seth. No sign again of Mysterio at all. Charging um, Rollins sidesteps and basically shoves him and then Bobby Lashley is now eliminated and out of there. So uh, kind of a quick elimination for Lashley and Lesnar. The countdown timer ticks again. Entering at number 18 is none other than Dominique Mysterio. And then Dominique finally enters the ring and kind of uh, basically he comes out carrying his dad's mask that he must have ripped off. And I'd be interested to see what happened to Ray. Uh, we never do get the answer to that, but we assume it was Judgment Day and Ray Mysterio and Dominic related. So basically, there was one part when Dominic walks down to the ring and he grabs something, I believe it was a mask from a, a young fan. And he grabs it and he just tosses it away from him in the middle of the aisle. So I thought that was just a great heel move by Dom. Um, so at this point, in the ring, Otis is eliminated very quickly. We kind of missed that off camera. Rollins then hits a buckle bomb on Gargano. Mysterio, uh, Dominic that is, is taking his sweet time on the floor. Gunther eats a uh, upkick from Seth. McIntyre tries to dump Gargano, but Johnny hangs in there because he's Johnny Wrestling, right? And he's going to be Johnny Rumble pretty soon. Dom slides in, and he hits Sheamus with punches, and the countdown timer is finally going off. We get a musician coming out in the name of Elias. There's As Elias comes in, boots in the corner, and Elias is in, and he hits a boot to Gunther. Again, Gunther took a beating in this match, but just kept ticking. And then we get the old guitar to the head on McIntyre and lays him out a la Jeff Jarrett style. The countdown hits again. There's a Claymore and a Brogue um, all in stereo and Elias is eliminated. Uh, Gargano is punching away at Dominique and the countdown is going off and we get Dominique's faction partner from Judgment Day, none other than Finn Balor. Balor comes in, mounted punches uh, on Rollins. Gargano kicks him away over the ropes um, off the ropes and there's no elimination Mysterio basically comes in from behind on Johnny over the ropes uh, he barely gets eliminated with a skin the cap move uh, there's a Superman spear countered with a drop kick from Finn and then a Gargano is actually eliminated uh, Judgment Day squares up with uh, Sheamus and Gunther and the start of the brawling the countdown timer goes off again and we get our first free agent entrant and as none other than the classic Hall of Fame of Booker T. All right, we get the Shucky Duck Duck quack quack of the night of the moment. Ducking, again, a lariat from Balor, reverse roundhouse, a crescent kick, takes Dom out. Um, Booker T hits the bookend on Finn Balor, and it is spin a Rooney Rumble time, baby. Gunther dumps him out of the ring. Booker T is quickly eliminated, so it was a nice quick spot for Booker. Oh, wanted to tell you, my pick 11 through 20 entrant that would have maybe won the Rumble would have been Brock Lesnar. So that would have been one of my picks there. We're now at pick 22 or entering 22. Um, and that's Damian Priest, the other member of Judgment Day. Priest, right, uh, comes in and he saves Balor from elimination. And then they start lighting up Drew with punches. And there's a big forearm for Gunther. Judgment Day is going to work on Rollins in the corner. He kicks and punches, and they go all over, and then everything's getting crazy. Damien finishes it with a leg drop, and the countdown timer ticks, and it is Montez Ford of the Street Profits. Priest is trying to dump 
McIntyre into Finley, and there's body drops. Mysterio, there's a big forearm, no elimination, a chop to Priest, and Balor over, and Montez is over in the ropes, but Ford skins the cat, as they say, and a big right hand to Prince, to Prince uh, Devitt, or AKA Finn Balor, but Priest dumps him. Montez Ford is now eliminated. The countdown timer ticks, and next we get Edge. Now we are getting a little payback with Edge in Judgment Day. And this is needed, right? These guys got history. Uh, Judgment Day has went a little stale for me in the last so many months. And it's a shame because I felt like Finn Balor would have been a good leader for them. But I just felt like they were a lot stronger under Edge. And Edge is about to prove that. Edge comes in at 24, and we get a Spear to Priest. Um, one for Balor, one, and Mysterio then drop kicks him into the ropes, but Edge pops up and completes the trifecta, dumping Damian and Finn out over the ropes. So Damian Priest and Finn Balor is eliminated both by Edge. Edge and Rollins then square up. These guys got history. And Dominic turns around and tries to dump Edge, and the other two help him. Guess what? Edge is eliminated so quickly. With him being a multiple, uh, or him being a recent Royal Rumble winner. I'm shocked, right? That they didn't give him a fair shake. Now, Rollins works on Mysterio and the countdown timer goes off and it is none other than Vince McMahon's next protege, Austin Theory. Edge chases Finn Balor up the ramp and all the action is really going up towards that uh, part of the arena and Theory decides he's having just to wait on the outside. The radar superstar is now up on the ramp and he throws Balor into a scaffold and Rhea Ripley attacks from behind. Beth Phoenix is here. Beth Phoenix shows up. She's got a payback to happen. So she is basically overall mad at how Judgment Day has treated her and her husband. And there's a spear, takes out Ripley, and the referees and the road agents are all breaking up. And then we go back to the ring. There's a cross-legged fisherman busted knee on Theory, on Rollins, and the countdown timer is going. And we're at number 26. And it is the big Nigerian giant, Amos. And he walks to the ring. And it always amazes me how big this man is. He comes in and does the big man moves, right? He and he, uh, takes down everybody, but Gunther squares up with him and begins to chop him. Up next, we're thinking, who's going to eliminate him? Well, it is kind of known and predictable in this sense. And we get Braun Strowman right after that. And Strowman squares up, and we get a monster fight. And they were trading punches. Uh, he gets almost weak in the knees, but he's fired up and off the ropes. And Braun Strowman eliminates Amos. Amos is eliminated. Going after Rollins, and then they try to eliminate him, um, and Theory is in their mix in there, and then we get some brawling as everything kind of breaks down. The countdown timer goes off, and we're down to a few competitors left, and that is Ricochet is up next. Strowman, you know, them two have a special bond now since their match at the, at the Tournament Cup. Strowman throws Ricochet into Dominic, there's a tag partner's um, high five, and then he's working on theory, but he gets clipped by uh, Sheamus and Gunther. There's a, basically, they just kind of go back and forth here and all over the place, and then Gunther uh, basically starts attacking and um, gets attacked from behind, but Sheamus saves him. Finley rolls on Gunther, and then Seth Austin, um, Seth gets Austin Theory on the apron, and Gunther, uh, with the chops for the Celtic Warrior, and they just smack on him. Gunther gets the better of both of them, and Drew is eliminated, and Sheamus is eliminated by Gunther. Gunther is standing strong, and he has been in there from the very beginning, 
and the countdown timer is now going to entrant number 29 and Gunther has been in there for a very long time in this matchup and he's looking very strong still Logan Paul makes his entrance and his return to the WWE Paul is uh, slow to get in and everybody as soon as he gets in he jumps him these guys in the WWE are showing him what happens when a YouTuber tries to come and get in their world and they beat him down so basically then there's a he hits a buckshot lariat. That's Logan Paul hits a buckshot lariat on Ricochet a little bit into this match. And Gunther puts him in the apron, but Logan hangs in there and blasts him with a boot. Back inside, square it up with Strowman. Braun scoops him up with ease. And he hits the running power slam. Running shooting star press from Ricochet. Braun dumps Logan, but he goes through the second rope as the countdown timer ticks. And it was very clever here because I was thinking... Logan Paul is eliminated, but he did go through the second row. And then we get a countdown, and at number 30, it is none other than the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes in with strikes and lots of fans applauds and cheer. You just know he's going to be the guy tonight. We get the Cody Cutter to take Theory off his feet. We're taking uh, the weight belt off now. He throws it into the crowd. Nice souvenir for him. Mysterio with the three amigos uh, gets reversed into the crossroads on the third amigo and Dominic Mysterio is eliminated. Strowman power bombs Cody. Gunther comes over and scoop slams him in turn for the last symphony. Ricochet gets an Isai DDT but Theory launches him to the apron in turn. Ricochet gets on Logan Paul and basically they chat. So what happens here is Logan Paul and Ricochet are on opposite sides on the outside of the ring on the apron. They somehow talk to each other and they come up with this great scheme and idea, so we think. And in one of the most bonehead moves I've ever seen in a Royal Rumble match, these two geniuses decide to get up and jump off the top ropes and belly splash into each other's bellies. So they get a stereo springboard lariat across the ring and they just crash and burn on it. And it looked like a belly flop into each other, but it was like a planned belly flop. And I'm thinking that's got to be the dumbest tag team up move I've ever seen in Royal Rumble history. Uh, Rhodes uh, then is trying to eliminate Strowman, and he actually does. And Braun Strowman is now eliminated. Meanwhile, Ricochet is trying to return the favor on Cody. Trading punches, but Theory comes over, and he does the deal. So Ricochet is now eliminated. Cody hits punches in the corner. There's a uh, flip. A shoulder block, some slingshot sunset flips, and then he sets Austin Theory up for the blockout from Rollins, and Rhodes finishes the deal with the Lariat, and Austin Theory, the protege, is now eliminated. Rhodes and Rollins are jawing at each other and just mouthing off, and these two you know have history since they're Hell in a Cell all the way back last spring at Hell in a Cell in their steel cage Hell in a Cell match, uh, which was just amazing that Cody was able to wrestle and persevere through that. It reminds us all of how far he's come in these months of recovery and rehab. So at this point, they call a truce with Gunther, and then there's a pedigree connect. They go after Gunther together, Rollins and Cody. And they hit each hit a pedigree on him. They start trading punches, and Rhodes hits an inverted headlock. And at this point, Seth is waiting. He underhooks Logan Paul, and he 
gets dumped out by Seth, uh, Seth Rollins. So Logan Paul actually eliminates Seth Rollins because you forget about Logan Paul. Rhodes catches Paul with the crossroads and Logan Paul is eliminated. We are now down to the final two. Cody and Gunther. Cody, who entered at number 30, and Gunther, who entered at number one, are our final two competitors, and one of these guys is going to go to face the champion at WrestleMania. We get a bunch of uh, back-and-forth matchup in the ring. You basically are watching a match. We're watching a very long match between Gunther. Gunther is punishing Cody with lots of chops, and there was times where I was cringing knowing that Cody's pectoral, you know, just came back from recovery on that. And Gunther was really exposing that and telling a great story of just really testing out how well those surgeons and doctors did. So basically after a while, Cody sidesteps Gunther over the ropes. And then he counters with a beautiful disaster with a lariat. Rhodes then chops. Um, and then Gunther puts him in the turnbuckle and climbs up. Stepping over the injured shoulder, but Cody will not fall to the floor. Stepping on the bad arm, and then he kicks, shoulder thrust from Rhodes, heads up. Gunther chops him again and climbs up on the rope, jump, uh, joining him. There's a superplex that connects. Cody's willing himself to stay in the fight, going chop for chop with the big man Gunther. And there's a drop down slap from Cody, a la, you know, uh, Dustin Rhodes. And then at that point, there's the Cody Cutter square in the ring. He dumps the ring general flat out on the apron, but there's no elimination. The dragon screw through the ropes. There's a hooking leg. He hooks both legs in the ropes, and then he hooks the other leg. And Cody pays a very nice homage to his brother Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust. And he goes and hits Gunther with the Shattered Dreams. Gunther recovers enough for a power chop, but... Um, and the shotgun dropkick. Power bombs are connected, and then he dumps Rhodes over the top, but he hangs in there. There's um, hammer locks raining down. Cody shrugs the chops off again, and then there is a clutch in the ropes. Rhodes is flagging and fading and trying to get out of the way, but Gunther is over the ropes. Gunther lets go and falls back, and then Cody hits Cody again. And then Cody hits the Cody Cutter in midair of a chop. Um, there's a scoop for the last symphony, and Cody reverses it with the crossroads. Once they go off the ropes, Cody wins. He eliminates Gunther to earn the right to fight for the WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania. So I will say this, Gunther set a new record tonight. And it was amazing, right? So this end of this elimination, Gunther, they told a good story with Gunther, um, really choking out Cody as he was about to be eliminated, trying to give that idea that Gunther might be able to do this. And what the WWE did tonight is they built Gunther as a star. A star was born. They like, and I people I was watching this with, they said, wow, WWE really likes Gunther, don't they? And I said, absolutely. He's done great as Intercontinental Champion. He's met everything they've asked and he has not been pinned in a very long time um so ultimately i you know they wanted you to believe that gunther could be the guy but what was most important is they typically build up a big man with these matches by having a bunch of eliminations but the wwe did it differently by having the number one man go the distance to the end but did not win they did the british bulldog 
Royal Rumble story, right? Because everybody remembers it was Shawn Michaels going from number one, but British Bulldog was number two in that Rumble, and he went all the way to the end with Shawn. And he doesn't get enough credit for that. So they used that kind of concept to build Gunther up into a future main eventer. I love it. So at this point, this is your WrestleMania main event. Cody Rhodes is going to Hollywood. And the American Nightmare is going to get his Rhodes and his dream to WrestleMania this year. Very good match, guys. Um... I liked that the WWE started off with this match. I like the fact that they, you know, kind of was risky, right? Because this is usually the main event. And I was so just jacked and I was like ready for this match. And as I'm watching, I was really into it. I was ready for some good wrestling. Even though we all knew that Cody probably was going to be the winner. It's going to tell the right story. And I said before... When he goes to WrestleMania and he wins that WWE Championship, his father's dream is going to be realized. The, the title that his father never got. And the late, the great, Dustin Rhodes, baby, is going to have his music played at WrestleMania as his son Cody, very emotional moment, will be holding up the title as American Dream plays over the crowd. Bang on it. So, let's get into that next match. In our next match, we had some time with some promos in between, but it was the pitch black match, and none of us knew really what to expect other than the return of Bray Wyatt in his first match. And would he win, would he lose? On the Friday night um, Mooncasters podcast that we talked about, you know, we all thought LA Knight was going to get this win because Bray Wyatt is a strong enough character. But did it go that way, didn't it? We'll find out here. So, in this match type, the arena did go completely pitch black dark, but it was all um, glow lights. So dark lights were lit up in the whole arena. They had enough lighting where you could see what was going on. So I do say um, I like that. Some people are going to like this match. Some people are going to hate it. One thing you guys have to understand with Bray Wyatt, okay? He is building younger fans. Okay, not every kid is the John Cena kid. Some people are the Bray Wyatt kid, right? And he's building these spooky elements and these kind of fun things that are building uh, future fans. I want you guys that are the older fans, uh, the old school fans like myself, I want you guys to think he is the modern day Undertaker and Kane, right? And so we're getting that with this Bray Wyatt and hopefully now Uncle Howdy stuff. So at this matchup, uh, it's done by win, by uh, pinfall or submission. And just to give you guys an idea, the Fiend comes out. LA Knight comes out first, and the Fiend, or not, sorry, not the Fiend, but Bray Wyatt comes out. But he's got this face paint, this glow face paint on, and when the black lights go on, it looks like the Fiend. You can see here in the photo, like, the eyes are blackened, the face is going on, and I love the play into this. It was almost like the Fiend was coming out in Bray Wyatt, and he said he's not responsible for what comes through that door if you open it. So the arena gets lit up with the black light, and Bray is wearing, again, a bunch of UV paint. And there's forearms, and he's got these freaky contacts in, which give him the Fiend-looking face. Uh, I love the real-life uh, Fiend look without the mask. So we get forearms. We're throwing uh, LA Knight across the ring. There's a choke bomb, a suplex to the floor. LA Knight reverses it. There's a, 
a whip and Wyatt goes hard into the steel steps. Bray dumps him over the barricade already. Uh, they clear the announcer desk and Bray is looking for some kind of suplex off the barricade and um, into the steps, but LA slips out of his grip and he comes back with a rock bottom through the desk spewing um, these green pellets that went everywhere. It was almost like a green glow-in-the-dark confetti. Wyatt throws the toolbox that's laying there near the ring into the ring. LA cuts him off on his return and puts the boots to him. Blocking the choke slam, there's a snapmare driver denied, and Knight is thrown to the floor. LA gets a kendo stick and comes off top with his uh, smacking him firm across the dome. Uh, he charges in and catches him, and there's a sister Abigail, and boom! One, two, three. The win and the pin. Bray Wyatt wins by pinfall with the sister Abigail. And at this point, it's game over, right? So there's a post-match uh, action. So actually, in this next section, Bray Wyatt ends up, what I think he almost puts on a mask. And you guys can see, because the ropes uh, were also lit up in tape. But Bray Wyatt puts on almost like a cane-looking mask. And he starts stalking LA Knight after beating him. LA Knight's running and trying to get out of there. Knight has a kendo stick, and he goes after Wyatt, and he's just smacking him. And Bray Wyatt is all Jason Voorhees, slowly walking and stalking. And at that point, they fight into an elevated portion of the arena. And as they are up in this part of the arena, Uncle Howdy is up on a scaffold. And he drops an elbow off of the scaffold through L.A. Knight and the stage. And then flames jump up from the stage. And in the background, as Bray Wyatt is celebrating the help from Uncle Howdy, the Firefly Funhouse Pals appear on the scaffold behind him. And then Howdy jumped off while Bray watches the flames just cackle, right? So um, Howdy getting the attack on L.A. Knight. And I feel like this was interesting, and there's so much more story to tell with this one. So, question, did I like the pitch black match? Yes, I did. Um, it was a fun, quick little segment. It did its job. It got us through, you know, we started out with the massive men's Royal Rumble matchup with Cody winning. And then this matchup took your brain away from that epic moment with Cody. And it got you into something a little bit different to break up the monotony. And then we're going to get back into regular standard wrestling. And you could do that with these kind of characters like Bray Wyatt. Like I've said before, Bray Wyatt is so special that he does not need the title to be relevant. And this kind of proves that. And uh, he's that, you know, new face of fear, as we talk about. So, um, the one thing, it was definitely overly sponsored by Mountain Dew, right? So, uh, the one thing I never care for is over-sponsorship. And there were certain camera shots that you could see that they had to get the Mountain Dew logo in, like almost like they were trying too hard with it. I don't think it needed to be in the middle of the ring. I think it just needed to be maybe on the outside, right? Um, but, you know, I noticed tonight, and you're going to see this in the Women's Rumble match, the WWE tried to do a lot more product placement than I actually care for in these shows. And we're going to get to a point where it might be a little too much if it keeps going the way it's going. But I'll talk about that later. Without further ado, let's get into the next one. And we got the Women's Championship. Now, with Alexa Bliss having ties to Uncle Howdy and him just being tore up in the flames, we're thinking, is he going to be involved in this match? What's going to happen with Alexa? That's the real story here. Oh, and by the way, Bianca Belair is defending her title. 
right? So at this point, we all know Bianca Belair is going to retain this matchup. This was a quick match, very quick. Uh, they went hard out the gates, and there was some lariats, and then we get some uh, Belair gets some momentum. There's a hip toss, and then there's a shoulder thrust, some climbing, some mounted punches in the corner. Uh, Bliss trips her and then clobbers her knee before throwing a drop kick at her, and he kicks to the snap and it leads to a snap mare. There's another kick to the back, rounded bow and arrow follows, right? So it gets intense for a little bit in the ring, and then they're um, going right through. There's a block pin attempt in there, and then as you guys can tell, this was a pretty, you know, standard women's championship match. I don't know if these two really gelled as much as WWE wanted them to, but I really feel like they were wanting to get to the story portion of this match and not the wrestling portion, right? So, um, th there's some charges. Bianca uh, hits a hanging reverse chin lock basically on her. Uh, there's some handspring moonsaults in there for good nature, and then some knees and some drop kicks. And then, um, at that point, basically, there's a... They go back and forth, you know, through the match, and then there's some mere near falls. And then Alexa starts looking as if she's going to claw Bianca because she says she's going to claw her to death, but she'll leave the eye so she can see her leave with the title. But then Bianca goes for a hair whip with her hair. She's denied. Sister Abigail is blocked by Alexa Bliss. And then there's a backbreaker rack. Belair wins by pinfall. One, two, and three with the KOD, the kiss of death, retaining the Raw Women's Championship. In the post-match, so as Bianca Belair wins, and she gets out of there. So let's talk about this matchup really quick before we talk about the post-match. The matchup, um, I'm not going to hate on it because it didn't overstay its welcome. You guys know how I am with that. Um, it was designed to push a storyline narrative through. That was the purpose. Could this have been saved for a Monday Night Raw? Absolutely. Did it need to be on a PLE, a premium live event? No. But we did need something because there's no way we could have went into this Rumble with only four matches, right? So this had to be a fifth match thrown in here. And I didn't overstay its welcome. It was in. It was out. It advanced a storyline. I'm fine with it, okay? So at the end, we get a post-match with Alexa Bliss looking very scared that she lost this match. Creepy. And then this black and white playground footage comes up on the screen. And Bliss is looking up very scared as it hangs on the screen. And an old footage of her as Bray Wyatt's uh, second command plays. And Uncle Howdy asks her if she feels like she's in charge. That's interesting. Um, you can tell over the last few weeks, Alexa Bliss... And her therapy sessions are slowly breaking down and breaking away. You guys remember on the channel, I linked a phone call to a psychiatrist, right? And we still don't know who he was talking about with that. It could have been Bray. Was it the same psychiatrist that Alexa Bliss, perhaps, was using? You guys didn't see, hear what Bray Wyatt's psychiatrist said. I'll go ahead and link it up here right now. But let's get into the next one. So, moving ahead. All right, guys, really quick, I just want to say thank you. And I want to say I want to say thank you to you guys uh, for liking, sharing, and subscribing. And thank you guys for being the best part of the channel and the community for me. All right, so I want to shout out a couple people. I want to shout out my uh, friends and peeps over at Pro, fansofprowrestling.com um, with the Wrestling Insight Podcast. We got 
uh, Carlos, we got Heather, Will, and John, the Kingmaker, John over there. Um, we also got um, a new friend in the group that we actually got to do a Friday night podcast with. Carlos and I were able to go over there and do the Mooncaster Sportscast with Jeffrey. And uh, that was a fun group. We went over Royal Rumble predictions. And I'm going to go ahead and link that up here in case you guys want to go visit that and kind of see, you know, what we all put out there. And there were some crazy, crazy predictions going on out there. And um, the one for Joffrey, I was Jeffrey, I was uh, really hoping his would like pan out, but um, so I could just give him all kinds of praise on Twitter. But I'll go ahead and throw it up in the link up here for you guys to check out. Again, thank you guys for being part of the community. And hey, if you got your own podcast, let's join in, guys. Let's be a part of this and let's be the positive of the IWC. So you know, comment below and you know, let's follow each other and let's be friends. All right, let's move on. So. We've got the Women's Royal Rumble match up next, right? Because we've only got two things left. So, we have um, number one. Rhea Ripley is entering at number one. Rhea is the favorite in this matchup for a lot of people. Entering at number two is... So, Rhea Ripley is number one. We have Emma is in at number two. And... All of a sudden, that went very quickly, and Emma was eliminated. Roxanne Perez um, basically kind of comes out later, too. But also, Roxanne Perez kind of gets eliminated. So this whole match, um, there was a lot. So a couple things I want to say about... I want to say about this women's Rumble match. Um, there was a lot of contestants in there. There were some NXT contestants in there. Um, they had a lot of quick entrance throughout the match and I just feel like you know I zoned out a little bit during the first parts of the match right and as I'm going through and I'm watching it and I'm thinking none of these guys in the first 10 entrances are actually going to win this match with the exception of Rhea Ripley but they were in there to make Rhea Ripley look strong right and so now um, entering you know later on in the match I'm going to go ahead to like number 11 we have Natalia. So Natalia comes out and they try to beef Natalia. But you know, it doesn't really do it, right? You got Shayna Baszler in there as well trying to do some stuff. But in reality, we just don't have any real threats or competitors that I'm seeing. So then at number 12, we get Candice LeRae. LeRae goes right after damage control. And then a damage control is in there trying to make a statement, right? So you get uh, Bailey and her crew. And this first part of the match was used to build up damage control. And then as we get Natty um, and Shayna, and they go back and forth, and we got damage control in there. And then Natalia gets a pretty quick exit. And then Shayna Baszler gets another pretty quick exit. And at number 13, we get Zoe Stark, okay, um, from NXT fame. Uh, she comes in with a scorpion kick, and she's battling out with Dakota Kai for a little bit. And then Ripley dumps her over the apron. So you can kind of tell Ripley, this is catered to her, right? Um, I will say this. Liv Morgan was also in at number two, okay? I apologize for not mentioning that. Liv Morgan was in at number two, and she was also going the distance with Rhea Ripley on this one. So it was about these two ladies here. And then you're going to see that here at the end. Um, 14, we got Zia Lee. Okay, Zia Lee... Um, you know, that looks like everybody's favorite Mortal Kombat character, right? She's coming out with her staff and, 
you know, like she's been taking lessons from Donatello of the Ninja Turtles. So, um, Zia Lee comes out, and then um, she gets in there with Candice LeRae, and there's a double suplex on the tag team champions, and then uh, Bailey scoops her up, but she fights out of it, and then he gets thrown to the floor by basically her own partner, and Candice is up top, and then Sky uh, shoves her. So Candice LeRae is now eliminated. The countdown timer goes, okay, and I would say picks 15 and on in this Women's Rumble is where it starts to pick up and get a little better, right? So, number 15 is Becky Lynch, and the crowd loves them some Becky. Becky gets in, and she goes right after Bailey, and you can tell this is going to be a Mania matchup. Laying the foundation and growing it. Hammering her with kicks in the corner. Bailey throws her through the second rope, so Becky pulls her out under the bottom. And it throws her into the apron. Damage control saves her. They save their leader and they beat Lynch down on the floor. And they're throwing her into the barricade over the announcer's desk. The countdown timer ticks and we get Tegan Knox. So Knox is off the top. There's a somersault senton. There's a, a charging uppercuts on everybody. There's gourd busters on Zaya. And then um, Anita, Dakota Kai. And Morgan clocks Stark with a forearm. There's a poetry and motion code breaker. And then the countdown timer goes off again. And this is where it gets a little exciting, guys, because nobody's ready for Asuka, right? Asuka is in next. And look at that face paint job. Asuka looks like her old Japan self. She actually is honoring the great Muta, who is on his recent retirement tour. And so we get um, Asuka, the um, insane clown posse version of Asuka, off the ropes, we get a shoulder block to Tegan Knox. An alarm clock on Liv Morgan. Zoe gets a kick, uh, gets a kick in for a good measure, and then eats a German suplex for her trouble. Um, we duck under Bailey's elbow, waving her off. We duck a lariat. Bailey ducks a Urican, and then uh, there's a big pop for her. And the Empress of Tomorrow shrugs it off and laughs. The role model is uh, backing off scared and then there's a kick combo and another Yurikin and a reverse roundhouse and Asuka throws her to the apron and Tegan is on an uppercut uh, there's a backslide attempt there's a toe kick uh, misses and Asuka low bridges her and Tegan Knox is now eliminated uh, the countdown timer goes off again and we get Piper Niven that's right no more dewdrop guys we get Piper Niven as she was meant to be there's axe handles all around as she comes in with axe handle moves Niven clobbers Stark with a headbutt and crushes her. And Corey Graves was just loving it. And Pat McAfee. And they were making so many references, making fun of Dewdrop. And they said, oh, she's about to drop some moves. And they were really having a little too much fun with her shedding the Dewdrop character. So, and then um, they were also, I think, made a, a Mountain Dew plug in there as well, which was, you know, again, that product placement. But it was used with humor, so it was kind of funny. Number 19, we get Tamina. Tamina stares down Piper. And uh, they square up, but they have to fend off some of the other women before getting into it you know, with a palm strike. Snooker with a super kick. Damage control attacks her, but Lynch returns and takes them out. DTT and both of them. Up next at number 20, we get a nice surprise return of Chelsea Green. And it didn't last long. Rhea Ripley takes her out immediately, and Chelsea Green is gone. Her entrance down that long ramp took way longer. She actually has one of the shortest times now of elimination in a women's rumble match um i don't think anything still will compare to santino morella 
getting eliminated very quickly by running to the ring and getting clotheslined immediately out. But Chelsea Green is now out of there. Becky Lynch then sends Dakota Kai out of the ring. Io Sky is also eliminated. Bailey avenges her pals though and gets Becky Lynch out. Liv Morgan is right on with the role model, and then Bailey is eliminated. So Liv Morgan eliminates Bailey. They brawl on the floor, throwing Lynch over the timekeeper's table and out into the crowd. And then back in the ring, there's uh, more brawling, and the countdown goes, and we get Zelina Vega. Now, Zelina Vega, um, her attire was awesome, and I loved it. It was Jury from Street Fighter VI. I love when wrestlers add to their attire, and they put a little something in it that they personally love. What I don't like is when the WWE tries to cash in on it, which we realized this wasn't a artist being creative. This was a corporate shill. And what happens is we now got a Street Fighter commercial in the middle of Zelina Vega's entrance. We got a major plug for Street Fighter. Don't get me wrong, guys. I love Street Fighter. I own them all. I play them all. But And I'm excited for the new one. You don't got to tell me to pre-order it. I'm there. I'm bought in. I'm going to pre-order it, okay? But I appreciate the jury costume, but man, we could play that down just a little bit. You could say, hey, she is dressed as jury, who is in the new Street Fighter game that actually is coming out. Michael Cole, have you ever played that? Michael Cole says, no, I haven't played video games since Space Invaders. Cool. And you kind of make fun of Michael Cole a little bit, right? Something simple. But they actually did a whole commercial live on the screen while we're doing that and I was not liking that part of the production so Zaya Lee a little bit later is eliminated we get Vega with a code breaker on Piper Niven and the countdown timer goes and we get Raquel Rodriguez um, Corey Graves just is geeking out over Raquel Rodriguez uh, we get a snake eyes on Vega as she enters Lariat's on Ripley and you know she's looking really really good in this matchup at number 23 we get Michin Mia Yim we get a Tornado DDT for her in a drop kick and kicks for Asuka in a Tornado DDT on Ripley as she comes in. Moving on ahead, we get Lacey Evans with her new gimmick as the military, playing up on her military background. And she vowed to use the ever-popular Cobra Clutch by my man Sergeant Slaughter to eliminate everybody in this Royal Rumble win. I like it. Um, I actually like this revamped character for her. For her and um, I kind of could see Lacey Evans doing a little more with it um, could Sergeant Slaughter be her manager maybe now what's crazy is Sarge was in San Antonio for an event show and I was kind of sitting across my fingers hoping Sarge would have made an appearance as a manager role but that's okay you know why because we still got a little more of Lacey Evans a little bit of nostalgia kicking in there so next up then we get Michelle McCool up next, who is sitting ringside, ironically, which is weird because her husband was not there. And she takes her clothes, takes her shirt off, and has wrestling tights on underneath, and she gets in the ring. She throws Tamina into the still steps. Uh, she hits a belly-to-belly belly suplex on Liv, and uppercuts Niven, and then the faith breaker on Vega. There's a running knee to Yim. So uh, Michelle McCool then eventually dumps Tamina, and Tamina is eliminated. The countdown timer ticks again. We get Indy Hartwell from Toxic Attraction in NXT era. Um, we get Lariat. So, uh, you know, I would say uh, my buddy from a Mooncaster Sportscast, you know, he was correct in that they did debut 
one uh, member of Toxic Attraction. So we get some Indy Hartwell, and then the countdown timer ticks again. And how many more people do we have? And oh, it's good old Corella Deville, Sonia Deville. And she is looking like Corella Deville more and more. She's got half black, half white clothing on. So good old Corella Deville gets in there looking for her puppies. And Deville clobbers Stark with a running knee, and Zoe Stark is now gone and eliminated. Sonia off the ropes. Asuka cuts her off, trading kicks and Ilaria, and she ducks Ilaria, ducks a kick. And at this point, both women are down and out. Lacey chokes Selena up on the turnbuckles, and there's a Cobra clutch. And Selena Vega is now thrown out with a Cobra clutch right over the ropes. That's how you treat a Street Fighter character, right? You just toss them out over the ropes, and they can't do anything. So, at this point, we got the countdown timer, and we get the big old tank-driving Shotzi Blackheart pulling in at number 28. Shotzi takes off her helmet. She gets into the ring. Uh, Corilla DeVille there tries to eliminate her. No deal. Hartwell gets a low bridge, but clobbers her slingshot. Sonya is ready, and Andy Hartwell is eliminated. Rodriguez is fighting with DeVille in the ropes, as well as the countdown timer ticking, and we get Nikki Cross. Crazy Nikki Cross. Doesn't even take off her ring jacket. Comes in like a hurricane and just all around and just flies all around the ring. You see those uh, superhero references. Hurricane flies all around the ring. Nikki Cross, you get what I'm getting at. I said what I said. So slinging herself all around the ring. And at that point, the countdown timer, it's time for our 30th entrant. And that is none other than the return of Nia Jax. And I got to ask you guys, did Nia Jax win the reverse Royal Rumble where, you know, everybody that lost their job went competed in a secret Royal Rumble and the winner of that Royal Rumble got their job back. That was the Vince McMahon thing. It was here on Tap Out Talk. It was a parody. I can link it for you guys if you want. But also, there's a riptide on um, Nia comes in. There's just a whole flur and everybody's swarming her. And, you know, it was good to see Nia Jax back. I actually didn't mind Nia as a character. And hopefully, you know, they can get her some more, you know, work in the ring to just tighten up some of those skills. Um, it's interesting, too, because you know who her cousin is, right, with being The Rock. So I'm wondering if that's a little something. I do notice she was wearing a red and black Samoan kind of colored outfit. So just kind of saying with the bloodline stuff. At this point, Lacey Evans gets eliminated. Asuka now is in the ring still throwing kicks back and forth on the apron. Um, and then Raquel puts DeVille out there and double knees her. Sonia Corella DeVille is eliminated. Rhea dumps Michelle McCool, and M Michelle McCool is now eliminated. And she eats defeat from, um, basically, um, Mia Yim takes care of Shotzi at this point, and Shotzi is now eliminated. Piper Niven is on the right, and Mia Yim is eliminated, so it's just like, boom, 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 boom back and forth, right? And Raquel blasts with a kick, and then Piper Niven is eliminated. And then... Rhea Ripley low bridges Rodriguez, and Raquel Rodriguez is now eliminated. That's a lot of eliminations all at once. So who do we have? Oh, wait, we still got more people in the ring. We got Nikki and Asuka going at it. Rhea gets between them, pulls up the Empress hard into the post, and DDDE clutch, but Liv comes charging in and takes her out, and Nikki Cross is now eliminated. The final three contestants are our two that started the match with Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley and Asuka. 
So we got all three of these ladies, and these are all believable wins for the Women's Royal Rumble match. So I like that they did that. So at this point, they're going back and forth. There's some pump kicks into the post. Asuka wants a hip attack. Rhea pulls her out into the apron. Asuka, Rhea, and Liv are all on the apron. Asuka spits mist a la Great Muta style at Liv. And Rhea knocks her onto the floor, and Asuka is eliminated. And now we have blind Liv Morgan blinded, and we got Rhea stalks after her on the outside. There's a code breaker, cuts her off blind, and then Ripley's hanging on the ropes. But Liv uh, is blindly calling at her, trying to knock her away, but can't see her. Rhea Ripley catches her and tosses her off, and Rhea Ripley actually ends up winning. And she lasts the longest for the Women's WWE Royal Rumble. And she eliminates Liv Morgan, who was right there toe-to-toe -to -toe with her. So, at Royal Rumble this year, Liv Morgan was the Cinderella story. And you got Rhea Ripley, who was going to go on to the road to WrestleMania. Is it Flair? Is it Belair? I like to think you want the battle of the strong ladies. I think it's going to be Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. And I do look for that match to do really well at Mania. So, um, not a bad women's run. Like, honestly, guys, I wasn't into this one as much. I don't know if it's because I got such a great, you know, rumble moments out of the first one. And by the time I got to this one, I just got a little exhausted. Um, plus, you know, the female talent... It's very clear the WWE is light on female talent, and they're using a lot of their development talent for a Royal Rumble. And then what that leads to right now, even though these girls are going to be good in the future possibly, it leads to a weak Royal Rumble because there's not a lot of stars in this. There wasn't, um, there wasn't a Ronda Rousey. There wasn't, you know, I don't know what you could have done. I mean, no, you can't just keep bringing back legends, but that could fill a couple spots. Um, I like that they went with Rhea Ripley to build up a new lady. and It's a lesson. The WWE needs to work on their women's division. And it's not that hard. Go back out there and get Naomi. right? That would be another one. But don't let her be the glow version of Naomi. Bring her back. Let her compete as an Uso. All right? Just saying. That's another route to go with this. Well, guys, we made it to the main event. The WWE Championship. The Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens. And here was the thing. There was the wrestling match that occurred. And then there was the storyline that happened. That was one of the best storyline WrestleMania Road moments that I've seen in many years. Let's talk about the match. And then let's talk about the moment. Because I really want to take some time chatting about this one. So, we got Kevin Owens. We got Roman Reigns. And Sami Zayn's out with Roman because he says, this is your test. This is uh, your way to ensure. So at this point, these guys are circling, collaring each other. And they elbow. Reigns is with a side headlock. And he shot off. He shoulder block, uh, knocks Owens down. Back up, lock up again. And with a headlock, shut off. And the shoulder block attacks. Takes KO's um, ass over, over uh, this time. And another headlock. And another uh, shoot off. And so these guys are kind of going back and forth, swinging and punching at each other while they're standing up. There's a fired up, and there's a boot to the tribal chief in the corner. He sets up for the cannonball, but Roman rolls to the floor. Very smart ring presence. Owens, out after a huge right 
uh, Reigns powers up, punches, and headbutts, and go. Uh, Kev goes for the back and forth with him. A whip reverses. He's hard into the turnbuckles, and KO drops him with a lariat. There's a senton on the floor, crushing um, the air out of Roman's lungs. So they're really working the ribs of Roman at this point. And then he comes back with a rock bottom. Could that be foreshadowing to what's coming up later? Nope. He goes, and then, the, nope on the pin. And he's choking. Owens in the ropes. There's a drive-by that connects. And back in the ring, there's a cross uh, face strikes. And Reigns grounds him with a reverse chin lock. So Kevin is pulling the hair and struggling. There's body blows back and forth in this one. Lots of attacks. The entertaining factor was really watching, not the match in the ring, but watching Sammy on the outside and his reactions and watching Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is so entertaining in these matches, right? And he's yelling at Sammy and he's freaking out because what if Roman loses the title and he just acts like a nut job, right? Um, the little moosey, squirrely, walrus type guy, right? So uh, super kick uh, was blocked. There's a Liger bomb. Kevin Owens kicks out of it, though. So he's called for it, the Superman punch. It's blocked. A German suplex connects and he's charging over. There's a Superman uh, punch that connects this time. Nope. These guys are just going back and forth here. There's a Sentama Tomiko and he can't keep Roman Reigns down. Roman gets up and then KO kicks out of a spear hit by Roman. Owens hit the pop-up power bomb, but no referee means there's no count. Reigns hits him in the gentleman's area. And he tells Sami Zayn to go get a chair. Sami yells and he told him not to do anything. He says, you told me not to do anything. Roman demands, I said go get a chair, get a chair. Paul Heyman tells him to go get one from under the ring. Sami's running all around trying to figure out where to get a chair. He grabs one finally from under the ring. And then as Roman turns around, a chair gets in the ring, but there's a stunner connected. And then the referee finally wakes up. Enough for a count, but Roman kicks out. Sammy's gasping with relief off the ropes and he pop up power bomb is countered by a Superman punch Reigns follows it with the spear and Owens won't stay down Zayn tries yelling and telling Kev just to stay down trying to plead with his ex-best friend Roman goes to the floor and spears KO through the barricade and back inside Kev uh, falls out of the ring and then um, we get Roman with a mat slam and Sammy Again, stares at Roman briefly, and Roman looks like he, Sammy's not all the way bought in and going to pass this test. So back to KO, another slam into the steps. Michael Cole is begging of the referee just to call the match. Paul Heyman tells Sammy to acknowledge his tribal chief. Paul Heyman's acting like a nut job, and he, he looks at Roman. He's like, I love you, tribal chief. I love you, my tribal chief. And Zayn uh, throws the ones up. We the ones, right? So he didn't love the tribal chief, but he threw up the ones for the Usos. And Roman grabs Kevin by the beard. Owen slaps him off the ropes. And then basically, Roman Reigns eventually hits a spear. And he wins by pinfall. And he retains the Universal Championship. And what's interesting about this is Roman beat KO fairly easily in this matchup with really no help. He didn't. Sammy didn't need to interfere. The Usos didn't need to interfere. I mean, Sammy got a chair for him. But that's about it. And Roman took care of KO pretty easily. So I don't know if this matchup really helped KO look good at all. But it, it was a way of advancing the storyline. So at this point, there's the post-match. So these guys, again, as you know, the beatdown kind of ensues on Kevin Owens. 
And then, so they start beating down. You got the post-match starts to kick out, and they've got Kevin Owens. And when I say they, it's the Usos come out to the ring, and Solo Sokoa and Sammy and Roman and Heyman are all in the ring. Jay wants to put a lay on Sammy Zayn to honor him. But Reigns waves him off, and he says Owens isn't done yet, and he tells the Usos to put the boots to Kevin Owens. Off the ropes, they hit the boots, they kick him, they kick him, they hit him, and then they do a 1D. They drag Kevin, and Sammy's starting to look a little freaked out for his ex-friend Kevin. They drag Kevin to the corner. They beat on him some more. They horse cobble him. They hit him with a steel chair. Or actually, they put the horse cobbler, they put the steel chair on him. And Solo winds up and then as an ode to Rikishi and does that uh, Rikishi, um, the butt bomb move. Uh, Reigns asks Heyman for something, and Paul pulls out two pairs of handcuffs. Roman gives one to one each one of the Usos, and they now um, stand Kevin Owens up and helplessly handcuff him to standing to the ropes. Owens, um, Reigns advances with a chair in hand. He talks to Kev at this point. He talks to Kevin, and he says about disrespecting him and disrespecting Sammy. And he's just berating him. He says, when you disrespect Sammy, you disrespect me, you disrespect my family. You know, you never cared about him, etc. And at that point, the tribal chief and the universal champion, and um, at that point what happens is Sammy Zayn actually steps in front of him just as Roman's about to deliver the kill blow with the chair to Kevin. Sammy gets in front of him and he asks Roman, please don't do this. And Roman's like, get out of my way. And he says, You're the tribal chief, this is beneath you. Roman looks like, he goes, it's done. And Roman looks like he's about to give in to that, telling him that it is done. And then he reigns, holds out the chair and tells Sammy, you need to do it. I don't need to do this. You need to do it. Sammy says that he doesn't want to. Roman says that he should do it. Heyman tells him that is his purpose. And Reigns insists that he take the chair. There's no going back now. He's gone too far. And he tells him, Kevin does not care about you. He never cared about you. He's just an anchor. But Roman loves him. And he has taken care of him. And if he wants to be in the main event, if he wants to be part of the bloodline, Owens has to go. Zayn's hesitating. And Roman Reigns says, you want to be in the main event? Or if you don't, go back to doing jackass shit. Reference to the jackass match last year with Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Reigns tells him to put the pull the trigger. You need to pull the trigger. And he sees that he's crying. This annoys Roman Reigns that Sami is crying. Paul says, there's no crying in bloodline. Roman shoves Zayn a few times. And he turns to talk to KO some more. And at this point, Sami Zayn hits Roman after much, much debate. Hits him with the chair. He hits Roman Reigns with the chair. And I, guys, I tell you, when this happened, when Roman's back was to him, that Roman trusted him, Sami Zayn hit him with the chair. I got vibes and shudders that the psychology of Roman Reigns was betrayed once again. And it was just like the shield breaking up all over again. And I could tell that impacted Roman at a most traumatic moment in his WWE career when he took that cold chair to the back tonight. So Roman, the psychology in the story, Roman looked like the victim. Roman looked like he put himself out there to trust this bloodline and to trust Sammy. 
had his back turned with him, gave him a chair, and Sammy actually betrayed Roman. We all think Sammy's the victim here. But is Roman the real victim for trusting somebody with something that he considers so traumatic in his past? Just a thought. So, at this point, Sammy hits Roman. Jimmy then starts to lay him out with a super kick, and Solo jumps on right after him. And now we got a beatdown of Sammy Zayn. Sokoa holds him down while Roman screams at him, and Jimmy punches him again, and Owens is straining against the cuffs. But Jay is conflicted. He can't help his friend. Jay is very conflicted in the corner, and Jay is just not sure what he wants to do. Roman notices this. He walks over to Jay, and he says, get over here and get some, right? Jay refuses to do it. Jay leaves, and he's got tears coming down his face. It rains. Wallops on Sami Zayn with the chair some more. Mounts him with some punches. He's tearing his shirt off of him. And Jimmy hands him a lay. And a fuck you Roman chant starts in the crowd. And this is real legitimate heat. Because this was a passionate story tonight. We get this chance in the ring. He plucks the flowers from the lay like a funeral. And lays them all over Sammy's body. The bloodline leaves. Sammy and Kevin beaten, bloodied, and down in the ring. Kevin cuffed to the ropes, unconscious. Sammy unconscious in the ring. And the bloodline leave together, except for Jay Uso, who leaves. It's an interesting story, guys. Um, this is the main event. It's not what we thought we were going to get. But we get a conclusion to the Sammy Zane Kevin Owens story. We knew it was coming, and it was done in very good main event fashion. And uh, this was good storytelling by the WWE, and I want to say to the WWE, thank you for giving us this. Um, I'm excited for the next couple months leading into WrestleMania to see what we do to build on this. But we just made Sammy Vane, we made Sammy the ultimate underdog, almost to a Daniel Bryan level. Uh, the fans are going to be so sympathetic with Sammy. But I do want to ask you guys, is Roman the victim here? Remember, I said that. Because Roman looked like he wanted to give Sammy every single chance and Sammy would not do the one thing that they felt he needed to. And so now Roman, you know, got betrayed by Sammy first. And now that's kind of a, something that, you know, is a psychology level there. Um, I also look and I say that Sammy is the victim here for how the Usos... And everybody treated him. But what's really interesting here is Jey Uso and how he was always against Sammy, but now he's protected. He's under his protection. Rikishi um, pointed something out on Twitter when he posted it the other day. And it, it lines right with this about when he put the necklace and the lay on Sammy on Monday night. And Rikishi said, I want you guys to look at what this is and tell me what's happening. And I said, it's under Sammy is under Jay's protection. And his family to him. And so now Jay has got a complicated story because he betrayed his bloodline. Because he didn't want to betray his sworn protected family and friend. So is this the return of main event Jay Uso? I think we are getting some of that. And that was a bold prediction on one of our uh, Friday night uh, podcasts with a moon, Mooncast uh, Sportscast. So ultimately, shout out to um, Jeffrey on that one. So... Ultimately, um, 
I see a lot here and they gave me so much tonight to process. I'm going to be up still thinking about this pretty late, um, even though it's almost like three in the morning here, right? So guys, really great show. And let's take it into our final thoughts. And so what I really want to get into is I see the WWE put a lot into the story and it paid off in dividends. It paid off huge for us, right? We got a lot of passion. We got a lot of psychology. You could make an argument for both sides on who was truly betrayed. Was it the bloodline betrayed by Sammy or did Sammy treated wrong and betrayed the bloodline? Um, so I want to analyze that in the next week because I do think there could be an argument made for Roman being betrayed in the manner he did that kind of created some psychological factors. The fact that Sammy did to him the same thing his bloodline brothers did, the same thing that his shield brothers did, you know, so that's kind of a, you know, a cruel dynamic there, but I'm loving this. Um, this is one of the better stories that I've seen going into a rumble to mania season. Um, the one guy that this storyline might hurt is Cody Rhodes. Um, he is going to be our WWE champion, Rhodes to the gold, right? And um, for that American dream. And so did Sami Zayn swerve that? The best thing Cody Rhodes could do is maybe show up on Raw and offer to befriend Sami Zayn and help Roman uh, help Sami out in his time of need. You need Cody to be the good guy here. So Cody might be slick enough to avoid this but right now Sami Zayn everybody's going to be wanting this guy to get his revenge so I think Cody Rhodes needs to help Sami get his revenge which will get them on the same side together which then will allow Cody to still advance to Mania and win that title um, Jay Uso is the wild card here um, it does bring the story full circle and when I heard this last night on the show I was like yeah I like that idea a lot I'm intrigued by it it does bring it full circle and you know again shout out to him for getting that right um guys uh i like the show it was risky to put the men's rumble in the beginning um the pitch black match was fun it filled a gap right but ultimately i would say if you wanted to watch the show watch the men's rumble watch the pitch black match for some fun and weird stuff and you could probably skip i hate to say it the two women's matches i mean watch the last 10 minutes of rhea ripley winning but ultimately, um, this main event is the one thing that you want to see. And it's not even the match itself, but it's the storytelling at the post-match. Guys, um, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you again for all the support. And we're going to do great things in 2023. And hey, I not only do it for me, but I do it for you. Have a good, strong weekend. Happy Royal Rumble weekend. Happy WrestleMania season. And guys, it's not goodbye. But it's what? It's game over.